laughing. Had he even bothered to shave off five years as politeness demanded? Gripping her arm more tightly, he said, You don't look it, I swear. Listen, I was going to go somewhere better than this for lunch. Come with me, my treat. Come on, let me make it up to you. He was so close she could feel his breath on the side of her face. That was when she looked up and saw a woman who could be her twin. Tall and broad-shouldered, like Prue, the woman was striding toward her from the other end of the hotel lobby. For a moment, Prue thought she'd caught her own reflection in one of the hotel's ornate gilt mirrors. Then she saw that the woman was enormously pregnant and accompanied by two little girls marching side by side in bathing suits and the same dime-store daisy-toed flip-flops that Prue and her sister Patsy used to wear. Following close behind the woman, carrying pool toys and towels, came a nice-looking husband in a Princeton T-shirt. Normally, Prue would take one look at such a woman and dismiss her as one of those pampered, sheltered, stay-at-home types, whose only burdens were a huge diamond on her finger and a fat fashion magazine under one arm. She would have remembered her clean little apartment in the city, the comfortable arrangement she had with her attentive boyfriend, all the time she had to read books and eat at restaurants and watch movies. She would remember her friend Fiona, who complained constantly about the demands of motherhood, or her sister, who was raising a daughter by herself on her schoolteacher's tiny salary. And she would have felt grateful for her freedom, glad she and Rudy were waiting until the time was right to get married and have kids. But today was different. It might have been the lech she was trying to schmooze, breathing down her shirt, or the fact that in four more days it would be exactly two weeks since she'd lost the job that was supposed to advance her career and let her buy a four-bedroom fixer-upper in Cleveland Park and take a nice long maternity leave in the not-too-distant future. Or maybe it was because Rudy had been out of town all week at a conference for public television executives in Chicago where he was so busy they'd only had the briefest of conversations at night before she went to sleep. Or maybe it was because, as a child, Prudence had loved family hotel vacations. All of them together in one room, with real silver on the room service tray, and clean sheets every night. Running through the corridors with Patsy, and riding up and down in the elevators. She'd always wanted to live in a hotel, like Eloise. Whatever the cause, suddenly all her plans seemed pathetic and narrow. Next to the golden, fructive mothership before her, Prue felt like both a withered old spinster and a child. She felt hard and tired out in her severe worsted wool suit, the sad little scarf she'd tied around her neck to brighten her face, announcing her desperation. The woman before her, coming toward her like her own future, there was a woman who knew her place in the universe. She would go up to her hotel room tonight after dinner and tuck in those little girls whose arms would linger around her neck for a moment when she kissed their foreheads. They would smell her perfume, and she would smell their no-more-tears shampoo and faintly the chlorine left over from their swim. Prue could imagine it, all of it, entirely, all of a sudden. Her fingertips could practically feel the girl's silky hair against the pillowcase. This was a woman who had what a job would never give you. She was loved, 
and she would never grow old alone. As Prue watched, transfixed and pained at the vision of herself as wife and mother, the little family moved through a ray of sunlight coming in through the hotel's atrium, so they were lit up like angels. Prue felt a grip of fear in her gut. Grow old alone? She'd forgotten about that. She'd been so busy at work that she'd forgotten about growing old, possibly even dying, alone. It wasn't so far off now, and people in their thirties got horrible diseases all the time. What would her 401k do for her when she was lying in bed, immobilized by terminal cancer? She could scarcely breathe for the thought of it. The executive director had turned around to see what had attracted Prue's attention. The sight of the blonde, angelic-looking family perhaps reminded him of his own wife and